This episode is brought to you by Belfour Spirits. Belfour Spirits is a newly formed whiskey brand created by, you guessed it, Eddie the Eagle Belfour. Eddie's next chapter, Life After Hockey, Belfour Spirits was created in 2014 with his son Dane and daughter Regan. Belfour Spirits sells rye whiskey, bourbon whiskey finished with Texas pecan wood, and is limited edition straight rye whiskey that are set to go on sale this October in Illinois and Texas. For more information about Belfour Spirits and where to buy his product, Go to BelfourSpirits.com. That's BelfourSpirits.com. Hey, this is Derek D-Train. He too. Tonight's episode is brought to you by KingTalkGraphics.com. Are you looking for a better way to promote your business? Have you ever thought about a new sign, window film, clear coat, or even wrapping your vehicle? Think about it. All the time you spend in your car driving around Raleigh, North Carolina, a vehicle wrap can be working right alongside you. A clear branding strategy can make the difference between your next call or not. If you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, check them out at KingTalkGraphics.com. Your satisfaction with their products and service is guaranteed. So go online to kingtutgraphics.com and check them out. Get a free quote and get started with kingtutgraphics.com. Hello, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We have another exciting episode tonight, episode 79. We have all the usual suspects sitting in the house tonight. We have the guy that makes it happen, our producer, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And our IT guy, the local nerd on staff, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mom and him? And all around sports guru, Derek D Train. He too. What's up, D Train? What's up, sweet O's? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark, the Dr. Morley. Oh, Doctor. Tonight's episode is presented by Belfour Spirits, Born for Glory. And we have the founders of Belfour Spirits actually sitting with the Blue Liners tonight. We have the Hall of Famer, Eddie Belfour, and his son, Dane Belfour. What's up, guys? Hey, Blue Liners. It's, uh, it's <laughs> great to be here and uh, get a chance to talk whiskey and hockey. We're, uh, we're happy to be here. Thank you. Love to yeah. spend around the Blue Line right where they need to be, protecting us to the last line of defense. <laughs> Until you guys get to us, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having us. We know a lot about both. Trust us. Yeah, so it seems like whiskey and and hockey players might go hand in hand a little bit. Um, You know, just a little bit about you and Dane getting into the, the, the whiskey business. Was this something that you guys started out maybe as a little hobby and then now you're full fledged uh, manufacturing across the United States and Dallas and Chicago? Well, that would be highly illegal. But I will tell you, we did buy a five-gallon still about five years ago. <laughs> so, Off the record. We, uh, we know nothing about gray areas. <laughs> uh, well, whiskey and hockey definitely go together. And, uh, you know, growing up in Canada, got to uh, drink a lot of rye whiskey. So, you know, after our careers were finished, we thought uh, we wanted to do something that was as, as exciting or as close to as as exciting as playing hockey and being with the guys and being with our teammates. And, um, you know, we looked into a few different uh, businesses, but we started looking into uh, the whiskey business and it just made sense. It's a very creative uh, industry, uh, a lot of fun uh, producing, you know, all different types of whiskeys. And we've, we've got two different types of rye whiskeys and uh, one bourbon finished with Texas pecan um, and my son Dane sitting here he got to do an internship at Woody Creek Distillery 
where he uh, worked at the distillery all day long and he coached hockey at night. So it was a perfect fit. And he made our first 12 barrels there. And that's our uh, VIP bottle. It uh, looks very similar to the Stanley Cup. And we're very proud of that. And Dane can tell you a little bit about that uh, because he made it. Yeah, Dane, let us uh, fill us in on that. Like um, for the listeners, you know, a lot of us have trouble distinguishing between rye, bourbon, and whiskey. I mean, it's just what's going into our Coke a lot of the time. So, you know, fill us in on, you know, the differences. But let's hear a little bit about your specialty uh, rye that you created first. Absolutely. Uh, um, it'd be an honor. Um, so uh, I'll start it off just a, a little bit of uh, educational um uh, the difference between rye and bourbon is uh, primarily the grain used um, to create the spirit that you are classifying. Um, rye would be made with at least 51% rye grain in the mash bill in a brand new white American oak charred barrel. Um, bourbon, um, instead of rye grain, you would use the corn grain and you would use at least 51% corn in the mash bill and that would go in a brand new American white oak barrel. Uh, whiskey discloses that uh, it is a spirit um, that has been aged in oak. Um, so you could use a, a few different types of grain to achieve that. Um, and of course, some people reuse their barrels. Um, um, back to my rye, our limited edition VIP rye. Um, it is a uh, 100 proof spirit. So that is a uh, 50% alcohol. So a little bit more uh, bang for your buck, zip for your zang heat on your tongue, whatever you want to call it, fire water. Um, it is really delicious. It has very delicate notes of pear and green apple peel on the aromatics. It has a mid-palate ability and a drinkability of a cherry almond and a, a delicate follow-up with hints of smoke. It actually drinks very similar to a scotch, which I got completely wrapped up in around the age of 21, 22, 23. Uh, I got into the Glen Levitt, the Fiddick, and the Marangi at 18 years, and I just fell in love with it. So I, I created the first 12 barrels on Carl Pot Stills, and uh, it's pretty drinkable. I'm very, very happy with it, and I can't wait to make some more of the juice. Yeah, and so, so everyone understands... Uh, you know, Dane made 12 barrels, and uh, it was our mash bill. Uh, it was Dane's hard work and effort that went into distilling uh, those 12 barrels. It equates to approximately 2,700 bottles. And so that's why it's a uh, limited edition. Uh, we dumped 10 of those barrels. So right now we have approximately 2,400 bottles. We're saving two of those barrels back. Uh, one of those barrels will be uh, uh, brought to Canada next year, and we'll save the other one for something even more special. Um, but our our whiskeys, we tried to, right from the beginning, create something that is very smooth, very uh, fresh aromas, and uh, very unique flavors. And we've done that with the mash bills that we've chosen, and with the barrel selections that we've made, uh, which changed the flavor pro profiles dramatically. And the other thing that we do, which is quite different, is we do all our own blending and we do all our proof proofing down right before we bottle, which makes a huge difference with the flavor profile. All of our products can be drank neat, uh, all by themselves, 
they're they're sipping whiskeys. Uh, they do taste great on the rocks, and they're awesome in an old-fashioned uh, Manhattan. Uh, they make great cocktails. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, you know, sharing our products with as, as many hockey fans and, and other folks out there who love whiskey. Yeah, so, Eddie, I'm going to set four of those bottles aside for us real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to. I wanted to ask you, um, you know, I'm a pretty impatient person and I like to, you know, when I want something, I want it like right away, this new age of technology. I imagine some of the hardest parts of making whiskey is waiting for it to be ready. How long do you guys have to age it for? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, you know, a lot of uh, bourbons out there, you have to let it age three, four years before it starts tasting good. And with what we've done with our mash bill, we have a very balanced mash bills on every one of our products. And I believe that balancing that mash bill out and also the barrel selections that we've made, uh, it helps the product age much quicker. And, and the flavor profile we found was tasting really good even at six months of age. Um, so that, that is definitely hard to, to accomplish. And that was one thing we set out to do right from the beginning. And I think we've hit the nail on the head because, you know, everybody we've tasted the products with, they love it. And, you know, we just, it's, it's such a good feeling when you do a tasting with folks that, you know, haven't tried your, your juice before and you get that big smile on their face. And, you know, that just uh, makes us so proud that, you know, we made that right from scratch. So that's an awesome feeling. I can tell you, fellas, uh, every time we pulled samples um, from our barrels, we like to pull samples every three to six months just to make sure that we're keeping up with the product as it ages because uh, three to six months is definitely enough time for it to completely change in flavor profile and aromatics. Um, so we would pull a, a couple bottles to see how they're doing and, you know, you pour one glass and you, you feel a little bit of the heat and you know that it needs a little bit more maturation in the barrel. Um, then three months go by and you pour another glass and compare it to the one you had previously and you notice that bottle is empty by the time you're done comparing. <laughs> so um, it's very easy to, to, to get kind of wrapped up in it and, uh, um, you know, just kind of take it all back. But uh, um, it's nice to see how they grow and, and, and age. And, and at times of, of that aging, it's a little bit of a negative, but, another three, six months go by and it almost gets better through this uh, little limited window. It goes through a little phase where it's like, ah, uh, need some more time and work. But then just around the bend and around the corner, it's like lights out. It's, it's a shutout goaltender, right, Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> nice. for sure. and, nice. and, and then like one thing that we, when we were doing all our uh, research and development with, with our products, you know, I would put, you know, three different products in front of Dane and I said, try this one and try the other two and tell me which one would you want to sip on all night long. And that's <laughs> what we've tried to narrow in on is that product that we can sip on all night long. <laughs> it's proven. It works. <laughs> I always had the problem with sipping. I usually drink. <laughs> Good problem. Eddie or Dean, who, who uh, came up with the uh, VIP bottle? Um, that bottle is, you know, to me, just perfectly simple with that cup on top. It's actually like one of those whiskey bottles that once you finish it, 
um, you put it somewhere, you know, on your desk or your office or wherever. Um, who came up with that? That was a beautiful uh, bottle. Yeah, so um, it was a team effort for sure. Uh, Dane came up with the idea along with uh, Randy Allender and uh, Dallas Osborne. Yeah, Dallas Osborne when we were at the Eurostamp doing our label selection. Uh, the bottle um, was probably version about 100. We've been working at the package, the bottle and the labeling for about two and a half years. Uh, we spent a lot of time on that. Wow. Um, I have an art background, so uh, I really wanted to perfect it. I wanted our bottle to be something special on the shelf. And like you said, after they're done drinking it, we want people to keep our bottle, you know, as a momentum and, and uh, you know, something that they can show off to their friends. And, um, you know, Peggy No Stevens, uh, she really helped us out quite a bit. And, uh, you know, everybody else on our team that had some input there, we, we took a little bit of everybody's ideas. And uh, I think we've, you know, again, come up with a, an awesome package. Uh, we're so proud of it. And um, like you said, you know, there's, there's nothing else like it. And another yeah, thing to, uh, to touch on, guys, about the, uh, the bottle is not only is the bottle extremely aesthetically pleasing, it is, uh, it is highly functional. Um, after, uh, after my career um, with hockey, I, I went into uh, bartending uh, because I can't really sit still behind a desk. After being cased in a net, you know, my whole career, I got to move around and, you know, have, have some fun. So um, the stippling, which it primarily takes up, I'd say, 60 to 80 percent of the bottle's body, is great if you're a bartender and you body pour. It's, it's great for grip if the bottle gets a little bit, uh, you know, uh, moist and it can easily slip out of your hands. Or if you're neck pour, it has a nice uh, little edge um, underneath the neck that also aids to the juice pouring out of the bottle and the point of leverage for your thumb. And then leading up to the 1.5-ounce sterling silver jigger, the chalice or the cup on our VIP package, it's all it's all functional as well as it is aesthetically pleasing. So just want to throw that in there too. And, and the other thing about the package is that, you know, we wanted to do something that was a, a throwback to the Gatsby era, you know, the Art Deco, 100 years ago. You know, that was the Roaring Twenties, and it was a big party era. And, uh, you know, we wanted our bottle to represent that era also. So there's, there was a lot of thought that went into that part of, of what was going on with the package, too. The other thing that's kind of unique about it is the new eagle. That's uh, uh, something that um, my one of my best friends from back home, Jeff Friesen, his daughter was born the year we won the cup. We have pictures of her in the Stanley Cup. And... She is now 20 years old, and she's an artist, and she helped create that new eagle. So we're, we're so awesome. proud that Abby Friesen, you know, she had a big hand in that. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you came out with a dynamite bottle. It's, it's um, really awesome. And, you know, you being a, a goalie having, I think, one of the first goalies to have home and away masks and putting that art onto your, your goalie mask um, during your playing years, um, kind of similar to maybe what you're doing now is creating art with your whiskey. And, um, you know, that's, I'm sure that you always wanted to design your masks as far as you always had awesome masks and um, kind of like that was like your brand on your face while you're playing. 
Yeah, very much so. So my first mask was made by uh, Greg Harrison. And, um, you know, I was very thankful to get one of those masks because back in those days, you played with the, the regular forward helmet with a screen on it. And you ever took a slap <laughs> shot to the head, you would get, you know, concussed pretty quickly and cut open. So that was nice to get that new mask. And I asked Greg Harrison to put a mean looking bird on it. And he chose the eagle. And Mike Keenan started calling me Eddie the Eagle. So that was how the Eddie the Eagle mask was created. Uh, the versions after that, I had a big hand in creating, help creating the artwork for those masks. And um, you are right, I, I really did enjoy that part of it. Uh, like I said, I was always involved in art uh, as a kid. I still remember uh, when I was in grade three, I made uh, these two posters, these art works of Tony Esposito, which was my favorite goalie as a kid. And I won first prize at the Carmen Fair. It was five dollars back then in a red ribbon. So I was very proud about that. <laughs> Eddie, you've got a little bit of uh, uh, interest in uh, old school cars and stuff too, right? So that maybe plays into the whole artistic vibe thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I had Carmen Incorporated while I was playing hockey. Uh, we restored muscle cars and did some street rods, and and that's where my relationship with Jeff Friesen was. Uh, you know, he helped me out a lot with those cars and ran our, our shop in Michigan. So always enjoyed uh, creating new projects, uh, whether it be a, a 70 Cuda with a 446 pack that made 650 horsepower or, you know, the drag race cars that we were involved in. I always enjoyed that side of things for sure. So Dane and Eddie, I mean, being the um, competitive people that you are, um, I mean, I'm not sh sure what Dane's career was, but ob it's obviously Eddie being a, a Hall of Famer, you know, gold medal winner, Stanley Cup winner, NCAA winner. I mean, if you don't know who Eddie Belfour is, you've been under a rock for the last 20 years. So, you know, you guys being so competitive and wanting to be the best at what you do, you know, you bring that to the table with your whiskey, you know, like with your cars, the same kind of thing. You know, when you put something on the table, you want it to be the best product out there. Yeah, that's exactly it. We have a lot of pride. Uh, we pay attention to detail. And, um, you know, I've always been that way. Uh, you know, created most of my equipment, uh, had a patent on my, my skate blades, and um, always wanted to be the best that I could be. Always wanted to be the best, uh, you know, whenever I played. Uh, you know, every night, played every game like it was my last. And uh, we, we treat our whiskey business the same way. Uh, we get up every morning, we get together, and uh, we work at uh, our business, our trade, and we try to perfect it. And, um, you know, I didn't sit on my laurels, uh, you know, after winning the Calder when I was a rookie. Uh, you know, that's one thing you, you learn rather quickly is you have to get better every year in the NHL. And if you don't, there's going to be, you know, some young guys that are chomping at the bit and they want your job. So you have to learn every year new skills. You have to get in better shape every year. And um, that's what I strive to be every year was to be better because I didn't want to be replaced. And I think that was one of the reasons why I got to play so long. And, um, you know, it means a lot to us that we do the same with our whiskey business. We want to, we want people to, to, to sip on our whiskey. And, and when they do, they, they think, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. And they want to buy the second and third and fourth and fifth bottle because, you know, we want to be one of 
the best whiskeys in the world. That's really tough to follow, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey. I'm just extremely happy to be here. Uh, <laughs> one thing I can say uh, that I've learned is I, I learned to play the game by uh, just watching my dad on TV um, and going to all the games. And, um, and, and that was something that I always, you know, cherished uh, as a player myself. Um, I, I learned to love things because of how much love I saw my dad put into just about everything. Um, you know, he's 54 years old and I'm 30 now. And, you know, we just got done working out. Um, I mean, we haven't played hockey for for years, really, uh, competitively. We just, you know, screw around a little bit here and there. But we're still doing our rehab from our previous surgeries. You know, we're trying to keep our gears, you know, going. And I, I would have never had that honor and appreciation if it weren't, you know, if I weren't able to follow somebody like my father. Dean, what kind of goalie were you? Were you kind of in the face um, guy like uh, your father or do you, uh, how do you, what was your style? Um, I definitely liked to play in the puck. That was one of my most uh, proudest uh, moments when I got to skate out of the net because they wouldn't let me go past the red line. I watched Patrick try that one year. It was hilarious. You ever um, hit anybody when you're <laughs> out or no? Pardon me? You ever hit anybody when you're out or no? I, you know what, I, I have, uh, I've definitely hit a few people and I've definitely gotten hit. Um, <laughs> not, I was never afraid to race for the puck. I was at one of those games and I almost jumped on the ice. I was so mad. <laughs> My baby he, boy. He, he did, he did the right thing. He got to the puck first. He raced, raced the puck for the puck all the way to the blue line. He got there. But the guy was a dirty player, and he just ran Dane. And, uh, you know, that's the chance you take sometimes when you go out like that, and, and some guys are dirty like that. Is that when That's when Crazy Eddie came out. Well, I, like I said, I almost did. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, it's hard watching your son as a goalie, you know. Like, you uh, – you're sitting there on the edge of your seat, and I, I like look back at my career, and I feel so sorry for my uh, my mom because she was always, you know, screaming the loudest in the in the in the crowd, and you could always hear my mom. So I know she was on the edge of her seat when I played too. Yeah, it must be pretty cool that you guys can continue a tradition. To, um, you know, family is is huge to me and in my family, and being able to do something with your son like this. Um, you must have brought you guys even closer. Um, I'm sure you're seeing each other all the time now with the business and discussing different things that are going to happen. I mean, there's so much that goes into, you know, when you first started, you probably didn't realize, okay, the packaging, the marketing, the distilling, you know, just distributing. I mean, it's uh, probably overwhelming in the first parts of it. Yeah. You're you're definitely right about that. There's a lot of things that we didn't know. And um, we learned rather quickly and, um, you know, we pay attention to details and we care about everything we do. And that's why, you know, we've been at this for five years. Uh, We've gone to uh, two different schools to learn as much as we can about this. And we've tried to surround ourselves with, with really good people that have been in the industry for 30 plus years. And that's really helped us out a lot. But it's like, you know, when I first signed with the Blackhawks and they sent me to the minors, I didn't want to be in the minors. I wanted to be in Chicago and I felt I deserved to be there. But 
you know, I spent three years in the minors and that was the best thing for my career because, you know, it helped me learn the, the real game, the professional game, uh, riding the buses and, you know, not getting much sleep, playing three games in three nights. And once I got my chance uh, to play in Chicago, you know, I was hungry and I was ready. And I believe that really helped me, uh, you know, be rookie of the year and win all those trophies and, you know, help me throughout the rest of my career. And I think that's really going to help us too. these five years that we've worked on, on every aspect of our, of our whiskey business is going to help us, you know, be a lot better as we go along. Eddie, uh, you were, you were undrafted, correct too, coming out of college after winning a national championship at university of North Dakota. I mean, that must've put a little bit of chip on your shoulder and kind of maybe perhaps, uh, part of the drive that you have going throughout the rest of your life really, or, or no? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in a little town, Carmen, Manitoba, 2000 people, farming community. And I remember when I was 18 sitting in front of the TV, watching the draft and I was hoping that I was going to get drafted. And of course playing, uh, you know, little towns like that, you don't get noticed. And I, I didn't play uh, tier one hockey. I, I played all the tier two stuff and, uh, ended up playing in Winkler with the Flyers, getting there as an 18-year-old. And I played three years there, so a very late bloomer. And uh, just fortunate enough to get an opportunity to go play for the Fighting Sioux, which is where I wanted to play. And um, definitely, you know, thought that I was good enough to be drafted. And I was hoping to be drafted by the Winnipeg Jets. But, you know, maybe they just overlooked me or whatever that easily happens in a lot of cases back then and um, you know for me getting a chance to go to the University of North Dakota and play for the Fighting Sioux you know that was a dream come true and and you know going there and 40 wins eight losses and they called our team the dream team to this day and winning the NCAA I mean that was amazing and for me I was on you know on top of the world and then you know I had like six seven teams that wanted to sign me as a free agent I was like, wow, this is, you know, incredible. <laughs> Went from the Winkler Flyers one year to the Sioux and then, you know, get a chance to sign with my favorite team, the Blackhawks. So, you know, that was that was just an awesome time. Eddie, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you know, we, we, for the most part, know about all the accolades and all the good stuff. You know, were there any struggles? What, were there any hard times? Oh, for sure. There always is in everything. Um, you know, I always talk about that with our team right now. There's going to be, you know, things that happen that we can't predict and, you know, bumps in the road. And, you know, we just uh, take it in stride and we learn from things and we work together through them. Uh, it's the same way at, at the, you know, the college level. It's the same way at the pros. You know, there's going to be times when things just happen. Um, you know, I remember one year, I think we lost 12 games in a row in Chicago and, you know, the, of course, the media is going crazy and calling us, you know, a bunch of losers, not going to make the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, of course, we had enough character on that team. We turned it around and we made the playoffs. And, um, you know, there's, there's going to be times like that. And, you know, for me, one of one of the toughest times was uh, losing in the finals in 92 to Pittsburgh. Uh, we won 11 games straight to go to the finals. And then we lost four straight in the finals. Well, that was very heartbreaking uh being traded from chicago my favorite team that was one of the saddest days of my career 
but you know things happen and you, you you pick your head up and you move on and you get better and you learn from it um you know i went to san jose on that trade i was only there for three months but uh, i got to sign with the dallas stars uh, that summer as a free agent and go on to win the stanley cup in 99 I mean that was that was my dream you know ever since i was like four or five years old to, to win the stanley cup so of course there's going to be uh, a lot of things that happen and um you know you just have to you learn from the mistakes you you pick your head up and you just move on yeah the the reason i say that is you know nobody gets to see all the hard work that's done in the background you know we get to see the games the wins you know the eventually the stanley cup uh, I just think that that is, you know, it's it's transferable to business. And, you know, I, I think from what we can see so far, you know, you can see all the attention to detail in your product. I can't I can't wait to try some myself. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, all those lessons and, and you know, being fortunate enough to play on so many great teams, um, you know, it was a it's a real blessing, you know, to to you know, 40 wins, eight losses in college and, you know, being part of the Canada Cup teams, uh, the gold medal team in 02, Team Canada, uh, of course, the Stanley Cup. I mean, you get to play with great players like Brett Hall and Mike Madonna and Chris Chelios and Jeremy Roenick. And I mean, I, there's so many, Guy Carboneau, so many great players that I got to play with. And, and you see all their great habits and you're like, hey, you know what? I really am doing the right things here because you, you look at the winners around you and look at all the Hall of Famers that I got to play with and uh, the great coaches that I got to play under, Gino Gasparini at North Dakota, uh, Mike Keenan in Chicago, Daryl Sutter in Chicago, uh, Ken Hitchcock, uh, you know, Pat Quinn, all those guys I got to play for, you know, just, uh, you know, they just resonated, you know, hard work, determination, passion. For the love you know, of the game. Yeah, for the love of the game, for sure. And, um, you know, we, we've tried to uh, portray that to our teammates on Belfort Spirits. And, uh, and you know what, they get it. They know what we're talking about. When we, when we start talking about these analogies, sure, they have a laugh about it once in a while, but they understand what we're talking about and pay attention to the details and, you know, put in hard work every day and, you know, treat everybody uh, that we meet uh, you know, everybody that we meet uh, is going to be a Belfort Spirits ambassador. And we just w didn't want to slap our name on a bottle and buy bulk spirit like a lot of these other celebrities that are doing this right now. For like the last four or five years, you see all these brands coming out. They had nothing to do with the whiskey. The, the, the whiskeys that go into those bottles are bulk spirits. We didn't want to have that with, with our brand. And we want our teammates to be behind us and believe in us. So that's why we pay attention to these details. That's why we go out of our way to do everything, you know, 100% and do it right. Well, for God's sake, I'm about to run through a wall and join your team after hearing all this. Yeah, yep, sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the type of players we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign us up. Elbows out, boys. Yeah, Elbows out. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get the foil out, boys. <laughs> Eddie with all those guys you just named you know a lot of them Hall of Famers um, 
you know, what, how did you pre- prepare for games, especially in 99 when you won the cup? I mean, you beat Patrick Wall in the conference finals, and then you had to beat Hashik in the Stanley cup. Um, you know, one of my best friends, Andy Tinty, he's a goalie. And uh, when he heard that uh, you were coming on, he wanted to know, like, how did you prepare before each game? Um, players today throw tennis balls against the wall or kick a soccer ball around. Um, but what did you do? I usually start out with uh, a little bit of whiskey. Yeah. Oh, no, it. It all started back, like, you know, when, when you first uh, turn pro, like, there's so many things you got to learn, and you try to create a routine that gives you that, that magical feeling so that when you get on the ice, you're just, like, totally focused. You don't hear the crowd. You just see the puck. You anticipate everything. You just know, you just know where the puck's going before it goes there. And, you know, I think, for me, there was a, a lot of things that I did uh, like like you said, play with the tennis balls, which I learned from Vladislav Trecek. He was my goalie coach. I mean, I couldn't have had a better goalie coach. And uh, the, the warm-up routine that I did before the game, you know, which got my legs and my uh, hand-eye coordination going, um, you know, all those things come into play. And then when I got on the ice, I just did the same thing every time uh, based on how I felt. You know, sometimes if you feel a little tired, you know, you work harder or sometimes, you know, you take it easy and, and reserve energy. You know, all those things uh, you learn over playing so many games and, you know, you have to try this or try that and, you know, which foods make you feel the best. And, uh, you know, sooner or later you, you create that routine that puts you in the zone. And that's what I always strive for is to be in that zone. Flurry, when we had Theo Flurry on, he said he he said the same thing at first. A little, maybe a little scotch, and then one cigarette, and he was just ready to fucking roll. nice start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the tradition of goalies, right? I think Tony O <laughs> used to drink a, a six pack the night before every game. I was told. So, <laughs> hey, Dane. Stories. You still around over there? Yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, sure. what? Are you- what do you remember most about um, in 1999? You're probably 10 years old when your dad won that cup. Do you have some fond memories of that? I can I can tell you where I was, and I can tell you how I felt. I can tell you my sister was asleep on the brown leather sectional couch that we had uh, in Capel. Um, I want to say it was a, around 2, 2.30 or something in the morning. I can't even recall on that full detail. So locked into the the TV like a twilight zone. Um, my mom, uh, Rita, she she was uh, she was getting tired, so she went for a walk around the house. And um, as soon as she kind of took a turn around by the stairs, we scored. Holly scored. He buried it, and I stood up on the couch screaming. And I was like, oh my God! We won the cup! I've watched my dad, you know, my whole life, uh, you know, that, that I can, you know, acknowledge, you know, I've seen his, his perseverance and how he's endured and how, how much drive and passion he had for the love of the game and, you know, to hoist the cup over his head and, you know, prove to everybody that, you know, he's, you know, the best that, you know, one of the best goalies in the world. And, and it, it inspired me. It, it helped push me through my career. It, it, it's, 
it, it's a great foundation of, of, of my life and I'll never forget it. The only, I wish I was out there on the freaking ice with them guys. Um, <laughs> my, my dad's uh, other best friend and, and uh, assistant at the time, uh, Buddy Baugh, he called me right away. Uh, they were they were on the ice screaming, and Buddy was like, dang, we want that guy. I love you, Buddy. It was just pretty sure you It was electric. It was, it was the most electrifying feeling I could ever experience. Had to be. Awesome. Yeah. That's very magical. Awesome. I know so where Dane, I was. You do too, Pat? Nice. I do too, yep. So Dane, why don't you um fill us in or fill us in, fill the listeners in and um everybody out there where they should go to find your product, um, where your products are released right now and how they can pick them up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um so we're located in two markets currently. Um, out of Illinois and out of Texas. Um, in Texas, we uh, we are distributing with Southern Glazers. Uh, very very honored to be a, a partner with them. Um, we also uh, will be distributing through the Class B of Seagulls and Goody Goodies here in Texas. Um, we definitely hope to uh, establish some more relationships uh, in the near future. And uh, um, in uh, in Illinois, you can find us at uh, Garfields. Uh, you can find us uh, Sal's. Sal's, um, and uh, I'm not sure Kenwood's. Kenwood's. Uh, I think I, I don't know if Benny's is jumping on the train yet. They might be, but uh, uh, we still got, might have to work on them a little bit. Uh, so you'll be able to find it in the Chicago Metroplex areas, in the Dallas Metro, and Seagulls and Goody Goodies, Garfields, Kenwood, Sal's, and uh, Benny's, I believe. Houston, Austin, and San Antonio also. Yeah, those are big markets for us that are coming up. Um, one of my best friends, uh, Nick Lazarko, um, I played with him junior hockey in Winkler, and I played uh, um, with him over in Sweden when uh, we were playing in Division One League. Um, we, uh, he, he's, he's moving down to Houston, actually, I think in the next couple of months, and he's going to manage sales for us down there. He was a 104-point guy, a goal scorer, so I think he's going to do fine for sales with me. He's a hard-working fella. I know he's going to close the deal and get those goals first, get those sales. Um, and I'll just pass him the puck uh, from the goal line like I did for him while we were in juniors. Yeah, we, we plan on going to uh, six new markets every year. So hopefully uh, next year we'll be in uh, Florida, uh, New York, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Missouri. Um, and uh, we're going to Canada next year. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Hey, fellas, you got any um, last questions for Eddie before we let him go here? Any hockey questions or anything? One more. I just, I just wanted to uh, ask him about when you went uh, nuts over that controversial call there versus the Blues in 93. Do you remember that one, Eddie? I think maybe Brett Hall was involved in that, wasn't he? Yes, call Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went behind the net to play the puck, and Brett kind of ran into me. Um, of course, he argues that he didn't. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have some good laughs over that one for sure. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't too happy about that. You um, tried to break the remember. stick twice. It, it didn't work. So that even makes him more pissed off, doesn't <laughs> it, when he totally yeah. tries to break yeah. the stick? Yeah, those those Christian hockey sticks. Yeah, like yeah. Christian. They're they're yeah. made out of that good white oak in Minnesota that we use for our barrels. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Speaking, 
Speaking of Brett Hall, was was he drinking Belfort spirits during the playoffs last year? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys give him really a beer? He was drinking something. <laughs> Uh, he, was, he was definitely having fun. I wish we were there with him. Maybe a little fire yeah. water, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I think he might have been one of your taste testers before a couple of those games. Yeah, he could have. Yeah. Not, not our juice, though. <laughs> He's a classic. Uh, we love him around here. He's a beauty. But, um, hey, boys, uh, we really appreciate you taking time on your day and coming on with the Blue Liners tonight and um, filling us in on what's going on with Belfort Spirits. Um, sounds like a great product, and we're definitely going to be pushing your pushing our show tonight out in the um, Dallas and Texas area, and also out in Chicago to help maximize our listeners in those two markets for you guys. So, and we're hoping that we can really uh, push this show and get some more sales for you guys. And we wish you the best of luck, and you know, hopefully, we'll we'll reconnect at some point. Well, thanks a lot, Blue Liners, and. Uh... And you know what? We need to send you guys uh, some juice up there. So uh, give, uh, <laughs> give us your addresses, and uh, we'll send some up there so you guys can enjoy some Belfour spirits. Ooh, That'd be perfect. awesome. Sounds great, sir. Get out by the mailbox tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having us, guys. You guys take thanks, care. Eddie. It was an honor. Dean, thanks. It was an honor, Dave. Thanks, Eddie. You too. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, man. We appreciate it greatly. Yep. You bet. Go to that hard, boys. Yeah, always. Keep your head always. All right, great uh, interview with the Belfort boys. Um, You know, great product that they're bringing in at BelfortSpirits.com. If you haven't gone to their website and checked it out yet, make sure you're getting on. Uh, Check out BelfortSpirits.com. You can see their their product on there and their story. What a great story of uh, father and son bringing together a cool business and you know just uh, really paying attention to detail like they talked about and coming up with something that's just dynamite right off, right off the, the shoot. So, you know, I think they're doing great things. They didn't go mediocre. They're not selling a $20 bottle of whiskey. You know, you're going to get a high-end product and you're going to be satisfied with it. And, uh, you know, I think they've hit it spot on there as far as, you know, creating something special. Yeah, their attention like to detail that. on the entire process was right down to you know the finest of detail. I, I couldn't believe it. It's not like that eight dollar handle of uh, Popov's vodka we got in college. <laughs> you can find jet fuel anywhere. This is gonna be <laughs> tasty. This is gonna be yeah. I can't wait. I, you know, I I was gonna order one anyways. Like I said, the bottle itself is yeah. something that just um, to have a you bottle, know, yeah. You know, being we're all hockey guys. We love hockey, and to have that um somewhere and say yeah that's eagle eyes fucking bottle him and his son um is something to say but uh i'm a whiskey drinker a rye drinker whatever i'll drink kerosene if that's all there is but uh <laughs> i can't wait to try it um i'm pretty excited yeah those guys man it was a it's gotta be it's gotta be kind of weird to be the son of a, a great like that you know what i mean that's got to be kind of a different perspective different way to grow up than any of us really understand you know what i mean but um both those guys obviously his father has rubbed off on him greatly. They're both perfectionists. Yeah. Um, you know, it comes, I guess it's the goaltending thing, right? I mean, when you're a goalie, I mean, it all comes down to the details. So um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Again, two humble guys, Eddie Belfour, you know, one of the, you know, probably one of the greatest goalies ever. Um, yeah. Just as humble as talking to your buddy, you know, that you've grown up with your whole life. So I think that's, I always, I'm always impressed with that, no matter who we talk to on this, on this program, as far as the yeah. player, 
you know, it always, it always, yeah, I mean, it kind of always surprises me, but I guess at this point, it should quit surprising me. Um, but it, yeah. I don't know. I really, I look forward to trying the product. If it's, you know, if they pay attention to the detail on how that thing tastes, I think we're all going to have lost eyes and enjoy it greatly. So it <laughs> might be dangerous Thanksgiving. I got to remember shots, not uh, glasses. Sips, yeah. sip, yeah. sip, 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 Somebody ration it to him. We don't need a marker on Wait, his face. You guys remember the way he's going to be falling over. He's going to fall over backwards. At the high school graduation party when uh, I was making drinks for Rob oh, at yeah. Bees and uh, gin and tonic, and I didn't put any tonic. Uh, <laughs> 99% Rob, gin. Rob didn't know where the fuck he was. And the party, the grown-ups haven't even showed up yet. Rob's just fucking stumbling, drooling. He had drool down his neck. That was all to me, Rob. You're welcome, Rob. Uh, that, was you, that was you. So you're the reason all the parents didn't like him. So another great interview. I'm so excited to have Eddie on tonight. Um, and his son, Dane, what, what a Awesome interview to bring those guys on the show and also be able to help them promote their product um, with our program here at the Blue Line Hockey Club. And uh, just just exciting for the for the program, exciting for, for their whiskey product and, you know, all good things. So well, let's um, break out into the NHL news for tonight. The NHL news is brought to you by Belfour Spirits, of course. So get on BelfourSpirits.com, check them out. Um, if you haven't heard about Belfour Spirits, then rewind the next 30 minutes of the show and you'll hear all about it. So, all right, boys, let's get into a little NHL news. Patrick, give uh, us a rundown. What's up? Yeah, just a quick rundown for you and Derek. I see Lundquist got 450, 450th win. Um, that's pretty big. Uh, finally, the number, number one and number two uh, draft picks um, finally getting their first goals. Um, that's pretty big. Uh, they went on like a five-game slump, so um, everyone was talking about that. Um, other rookies that are ripping up the NHL lately, uh, Victor Olfelson from uh, Buffalo Sabres, or Golfelson we call him. He's had oh, five awesome. goals, has five goals and two assists in six games. Um, he actually set an NHL record um, with his first seven goals all coming from the PP unit, so um, that's pretty big. It's uh, helping out Buffalo. Go Buffalo, AP. Uh, Kale McCarr um, from University of uh, Massachusetts, Morley's uh, college Ooh, here, playing for Colorado. He's got six assists in five games. Uh, four of his are coming on the power play unit too, so um, that's huge. Um, actually, my pick for the Stanley Cup. Just want to throw that in there again. Um, Avalanche are on to one of their best starts since the 2013-2014 season. Uh, three stars this year or this week for the NHL. David Pasternak um, just had a crazy week. He had nine points, seven goals, three assists in three games. Um, that top line there in Boston, it goes uh, Pasternak, Bergeron, and uh, Marshad with points. Uh, Pasternak has 15. John Carlson, defenseman for Capitals. Um, another big week, eight points, um, seven assists, one goal. That's coming in four games. And then uh, wrapping up, um, Buffalo Sabres, Carter Hutton, 72 saves, two shutouts. That's huge for Buffalo. Um, I mean, a lot of the news these days is just Buffalo. I mean, the goalie, 
um, the rookie on the team. Everything's just gelling there, and I don't want to jinx them, but uh, they're doing great. Malkin and Galchenyak skate. Finally got on the ice. They're skating on their own, not with the team um, in Pittsburgh. Um, this weekend, Heritage Classic starts. Um, that's in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. That's 10 p.m. this Saturday. Not Regina, Regina. Flames versus Canucks. 2019 Tim Hortons NHL Heritage Classic this Saturday at 10 o'clock. Uh, Flames versus Canucks. And another big news, last one, wrap it up. Brian Boyle um, finally signed a contract with the Florida Panthers. Uh, one year, $940,000. Um, he's older. He's 34. I mean, I shouldn't say older. Jesus, we're 40. But uh, he's got 766 NHL games and 216 points. So um, that's the uh, the news right here in the NHL. Yes, sir. That is the rundown. He did see uh, Minnesota got a W yesterday against the Habs, which was a, you know, you would think they won a playoff game if you watch the game of how excited these guys were. Uh, even every goal that they scored, they were showing extreme emotion after the goal. Like Parisi got a goal, and you would think that it was a game winner um, in a playoff game. I mean, they just were hungry to get a W. You know, there's been a lot of talk about the, the coach and Zucker calling out the coach, calling out the program, the players. Um, yeah. So that was a huge win for Minnesota. I thought they played pretty well. Their power play finally started to gel a little bit. Um, they had you know, a power play goal. Salfolino get another goal. He's still playing well. Uh, you know, so it was good to see Minnesota get a, get a W, get out of that um, that lost column for, for once. And I think that's going to be a little bit of confidence for them going into the next few games. Um, you know, some of their big-time scorers just need to get on the score sheet get a little confidence because it, the whole team has been, like Pat said, I think they've been pointing some fingers in the locker room and they can't seem to find a win. So so that was good. Uh, Dubes played well in that. He had some pretty big saves and – they didn't win by a landslide. They kind of squeaked it out in third. So, Yeah, and they got two guys on the injured reserve. You know, Zooks came over from the Rangers um, this offseason. He's out with a lower body injury. He's been out since uh, October 12th. He's missed three games, which is pretty big because, like we said before in other podcasts, you know, he's uh, you know cross-ice guy, uh, playmaker. And then Greg Pat. Greg Patterns out too, which is he's big on the defense score. So, um, yeah, big win for Minnesota. Hopefully, it turns things around. We'll see what happens. Dubes got his Nailed first it. win. Yeah. Nailed it. Out in Edmonton, we saw James Neal pop another one the other night. Um, he's on fire. Yeah. Just continuing to score. Um, we've been talking about him for the last couple of weeks. So we'll see what he see how he does this week and see if he can keep up his point production. Um, seems to be. You know, one of the stars for Edmonton and get wins this year. So we'll see how big, long that lasts. Big pickup for Edmonton. What's up yep, on the sure. uh, Kachuk Dowdy? Did you guys see that little saga still going on? What you guys yeah. about that? It's kind of crazy how these uh, sagas start, you know, with Kachuk and Dowdy and yeah, Kane and um, Reeves and. You know, so it kind of like is a buildup for the for the two teams to play, though. You know, whenever those two yeah. teams play, the fans are kind of into it to see what happens between those two players and you know what's going to um, happen throughout the game between Transpired. those two guys. Yeah, so it kind of creates know, a little. Don't, don't you feel like it's like? Um, I mean, this kind. Of, I feel like there was a lot more of this. You know, back you know years ago. I mean, it, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're making like a big deal out of it now. I mean, I, I watched some of the. 
watched a little clip that Uncle Lardy sent across to to take a look at between these two. And it's like, I mean, I haven't really seen anything that would make one person hate the other so much. I mean, I guess I think it's a bunch of horse shit, too. Like when a guy's a, a rookie in the league. Right. And so he elbows a guy in the face. And because he's a rookie, he's disrespecting the guy. And I mean, I mean, come on, he's playing. They're playing hockey. You know I mean, so right. I'm not sure I really understand the whole uh, hatred between the two, but they're two uh, great talents. You know, Kachuk's trying to get put his footprint on the ground. Uh, Dowdy's been around the league a little longer, so uh, maybe Dowdy feels threatened, man. So maybe he's a little bit uh, insecure about the whole thing, which makes him pissed off at the guy. But I don't, I don't get it. I think it's just normal. I think it's great. I think it's good for the game. I wish there was more of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I think it's, I think it's really good for the game, and I, uh, I, I wish across the league there was more of this stuff, frankly. Old hockey, old hockey feel, you know, this is what it was back in the day. Um, yeah, Derek, and I never really thought about it that way. Like back in the day, this, it was like, this happened all the time. Like it was almost, they couldn't keep up with it. Right. But, uh, I mean, it, it, you know, you think about it, it sells fucking tickets when, you know, December 7th is when the Kings and Flames play again. And like, I think it's in Calgary. And, you know, a lot of people buy tickets just because, you know, Dowdy and Kachuk are going to be on the ice. So it's great for the game. It is old school. This is what we like. And it, there needs to be more of it, for sure. <laughs> yeah, anything yeah, to create. Asked, yeah, they, they asked Brady. They asked Brady Kachuk about it, too, yeah, a little bit, that. you know. Yeah, and he was kind of like, he, he didn't really blow it off, but he was just like, you know, listen, my brother's a competitor, man. They, he's what's he, I mean, just because your name is Drew Dow, he doesn't mean I'm going to back down to you or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's uh, I don't know. I, mean, I, I like a... it. I like it. Frankly, I think all the, all the, all his teammates, I think all of Chuck's teammates in Calgary love the guy. I mean, I would love playing with a guy like that. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's, I think it's great, man. I, I love guys that are gritty, hard nosed players. You don't get as much of that anymore. And I guess maybe I'm just nostalgic for the old days, but I think, uh, those 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 players are like a dime a dozen now, and I, but I love seeing it. Me too. Yeah, I mean, what else are they going to ask Brady when he's uh, one in five? They're like, oh, let's ask him about his brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ask him what his brother's doing. <laughs> Poor well, kid. Well, I, I I don't think it it blew out of proportion when Dowdy, um, you know, reporters asked him what they thought of uh, Kachuk, and he just, you know, and I quote, "No respect for him, none." I respect everyone else. I never, I will never talk to him off the ice. He's not respected by most of the people in the league. And it's just not me. That's a fact. So once he said that, I think like I, the elbow, yes, you're playing hockey and that happens. He, he, he felt him coming. So that you're, I think it's a, you know, involuntary reaction to kind of get that arm up. Um, it's hockey. It's hard to explain unless you play hockey. Um, and then, uh, and then until Dowdy said that, and it went all over the NHL network, then it started. Um, sure. But, and and uh, Kachuk hasn't laid off though. He fucking goes right after him. He's like, he's not afraid of him. That's for sure. And that's what Derek was just saying. You know. Nor should he be. That's, yeah, nor should he be. That's that's the grittiness. There's not too many of the, those guys anymore. They're yep. just a bunch yep. of candy asses. You know and what happens. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say what happened before that elbow, you know what I mean? Before he threw that elbow, I mean, I think personally when I watched it, I think he meant it, frankly, you know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, he's probably sending a message. I mean, maybe before that, Dowdy was chirping him, you know, was chirping him a whole bunch. So he probably looked over his shoulder real quick, saw him coming and said, 
guess what? I'm going to throw a little bit of shoulder into your chiclet. So here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah check your teeth. It, it might validate the, the fact that he was a little butter on, uh, you know, what, you're going to do that to me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're, yeah, we're probably – we're probably yeah. a little surprised um, to see Edmonton seven and one, uh, yeah. uh, seven and all, uh, Buffalo seven and one. I mean, if we made predictions two weeks ago, I don't think any of us would have called that. Nope. Especially sure. not Edmonton. Edmonton's bigger. Buffalo. Buffalo's got a fucking intramural soccer coach or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think Buffalo is the one that we would say we wouldn't. I mean, I, I always think they should be up there, but this, you know, to see them up there, I, I don't know that I would have said, yeah, they're definitely going to be up and start out of the gate like that. Edmonton, I don't know that I'm that surprised, you know. you got the best player, one of the best players in the NHL with McDavid. You know, God damn it, I, I kind of expect that, you know. Whether it yeah. happens or not, let's see how, you know, when we get 80 games in. But Yeah, the dry side, you know, is – is really good too, and James Neal. So I mean, they do have some goal scorers on that team, and they should they should be winning games. I think with Buffalo, we talked about Hutton. I mean, right there, two shutouts, seventy some saves. You know, is that the piece of the puzzle that helps them propel them to the next level? We talk about it. We had Eddie on tonight, right? You know, goaltending is what takes these teams to the next level. If you don't have a goaltending goaltender that's stopping those pucks that might have got, you know. Forward gets by a defenseman and the goalie makes a good save. That that's uh, going to save your ass and help you win the game. So it's a lift too. Yeah, goalie makes a big save like that. That's a lift for your team. Yeah. So right now in the uh, NHL, Colorado is on top. Who uh, who said they were good? Um, <laughs> um, and then Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton's in second place. Buffalo in third. Washington, Boston in fifth. So. But what's uh, Tampa Bay's record? I mean, they were on fire all last year. Where, where are they at right now? 19. Four and three. Four wins, yeah. three losses, nine points. Yeah, a little surprised so, about that. Arizona's doing okay. They're, uh, you know, four and two. That's big. Uh, Phil Kessel had a power play goal the other night. Um, not too bad, but. Uh, yeah, I see Steppen thinks that uh, they're starting to feel it, you know, I, I think they're coming into stride with, with Castle getting his first goal. And, you know, they're starting to feel it in the locker room. I, I think they're going to be something to, to see. It's a, a long season still ahead of us. So, you know, we'll see how things move here. Yeah, watching that. Um, yeah, go ahead, Pat. Yeah, they, got the, they got Edmonton coming up on Tuesday night, right? Yeah, uh, the Wild are minus 14 in goal differential. Yeah, well. that's, that's the thing with them right now, I mean, watching them play is, they can't seem to score, right? They do have goal scorers on that team, but they can't seem to score. I mean, I think Hunt probably is one of their top scorers as a defenseman. Um, they were they taking just... penalties and then getting smoked. You know, they were just goal after goal and bursts, right? I think within a minute and a half or something, they had three goals on them the other night. Yeah, and when you're only scoring one goal a game, uh, you're not going to have a very good plus minus and a goal differential. I mean, I think last night's game was the most goals they've scored all season and they had three, three goals, but you know, that's, that's an issue. Watching the Habs play um, the last couple of nights, they do look pretty good. Um, last night they didn't have Carey Price in net. Was that the difference in the game? Uh, you know, never know, but um, you know, they, they had back-to-back games. 
um, Saturday and Sunday, so Price didn't play uh, Sunday night. But I thought the halves looked pretty good. Max Domi was looking pretty good. They got a couple young young bucks Fast that are team. Nick Suzuki for uh, rookies. Then you know put some yeah. bucks in the milking that. He's, he's playing solid for a rookie. Good. To see yeah, him. I thought their halves looked pretty good. Um, you know, I don't. They didn't compare to when I watched the Avalanche play, but they. Um, you know, I think they're going to be one of those teams that are in the middle of the pack, maybe fighting for that wild card spot. Uh, I think they might have a decent season. So we'll see what happens. We'll quote me on that one. Speaking of rookies, how about Capo versus uh, Hughes so far? Just got to talk about them due to their draft uh, stock where they came off the board, obviously. But yeah, I think uh, Hughes, you know, uh, I think he's got one goal, one assist so far. Capo, one goal, yeah. no assist. I think Capo's minus six overall uh and i think hughes is minus four so um young bucks uh kind of still uh trying to get their feet wet you know still uh, yeah still learning so and man that's yeah. a lot of pressure a lot of pressure for yeah. a kid 18 yeah. years old i mean a lot of these guys at least go play college for three years right so i mean we all play college sports if you went on to a college team your your freshman year you were even a little intimidated then being a freshman you know, to the seniors, right? So sure. this kid's going right into the mix with these NHL players. And I mean, it happens a lot now, um, you know, Pedersen last year, really young, but still it's gotta be an adjustment period for these young bucks to go from playing for the national development team, you know, to the NHL. I mean, it's just a different level. we talked to Greenway a little bit about it. His first season, you know, everything happens so much faster. You got to have your head up a lot quicker. You got to have your passes a lot faster. Your shots got to come off faster. Everything is at a different level of speed. And until they adjust to that speed of the game, you know they might have these little bit of slumps uh, in their on this. They've stat got sheet. they've got Hughes on the power play too as an 18 year old rookie. You know it's it's a lot. They had uh, Gretzky on the NHL Network, and they asked uh, Gretzky about you know their little slump because Hughes had uh, four goals, one assist in preseason, which is kind of a different whole different game, I think. But anyways, Gretzky on the NHL network, uh, he said, listen, they're playing with men now, the best in the world. The NHL is the best league in the world. So nothing prepares you for that, you know? So, yeah. No, they, and it's, they, you know, the media, you get the media too, you know, that's trying to, you know, I remember like before the Rangers played the devils this year, you know, they're trying to make it all about, Hughes versus Capo. I mean, it's like, you know, and I remember Cavill kind of saying, you know, this isn't about, you know, me versus him. It's the Devils versus the Rangers. You know what I mean? So they're already having to try to deflect that attention, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. off of themselves, which, like you say, as young guys, I mean, all of us were basically blacked out in some bar somewhere at that age. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like you can't <laughs> imagine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't imagine. These guys are sitting here on, you know, being Woodstock. interviewed. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I can't imagine the pressure that these guys are under. Um, but yeah. you know, both, I mean, a lot of them make it look like they can handle it pretty well too, though. So that's, that's kind of a, yeah. kind of a neat aspect of it as well. He scored his, uh, first goal versus brother, the Vancouver Canucks. I don't know if you guys knew that, uh, his brother plays defenseman. He's a defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks and, uh, he, it was in Jersey, uh, huge, quite, family. Right? Yeah, Runner. huge family showing up. Uh, they had a box obviously. And, I think uh, the same thing happened with the Kachuk brothers last year. Huge showing in Ottawa. Uh, half their shirt was um, Ottawa, half was uh, Calgary. Same thing with the Hughes family um, in Jersey the other night. Half their shirts were Vancouver and uh, half were Devils, which is pretty now, cool. Now, the uh, youngest, Quint, uh, Hughes, is supposed to be the nastiest of the three, right? 
Yeah, he's going to the development program, and uh, yeah, they say he's even better than. Didn't he commit to Notre Dame already, or something like that? I'm not sure on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe not. But... Yeah, you're you're the nerd. Look it up. <laughs> that was SUNY Canton, isn't it? The Kangaroos or some sort. Yeah. Kangaroos, yeah. Yeah, a little local news, Appleton Arena, um, the actual ice rink is going to be named after the Tory family, which donated a ton of money for the renovation. So just for the local listeners, it still will be called Appleton Arena. So don't worry about that. That nostalgia is not going to be taken away from the rink. It's just going to be the actual ice surface itself is going to be named after the Tory family. So I was wondering if they were talking about taking Appleton off the front of the building, but that's not happening. So. I guess the Tory family goes way back to the 20s and has uh, been a part of St. Lawrence for a long time. And the Appleton family, actually way back, is the one who donated to build that rink. So, Yes, Michael Peters Appleton. Yep. <laughs> so, guys, I mean, we kind of got our, <laughs> our show wrapped up here a little bit. Uh, I haven't heard awesome the producer show. in my ear yet, but I know it's coming. Um, you know, <laughs> great interview. I can't talk enough about talking with Dane Belfour. I mean, what an experience for us to be able to talk to them and, and have them come promote their product on our show, um, help us promote them across uh, Chicago and, and Texas. And, um, I mean, do you guys want to ref reflect a little bit on that before we go? And uh, He just said he's sending us bottles, so make sure you email. <laughs> yeah, get, that, get those out there. <laughs> Well, you know, we we have to – Belfour Spirits uh, Marketing uh, Department, Elizabeth, has been instrumental in putting this together for us. So just yeah. a shout-out to Elizabeth, and thanks for everything uh, that you did over the last couple months. Um, we've actually been talking with Belfour Spirits for since the summer. Um, and, they, you know, like they say, they age these, these barrels so long that we, um, we kind of had to sit around and wait until they – Put the product on the shelf so we've been waiting for it for a long time and it's uh it's great to have him on the show and uh, well, i can't wait uh, to get, get him on again is elizabeth good looking you see her i don't know if she's still listening to the show again i know there <laughs> we go think, uh, work. i don't think pat can work for belfort spirits he'd have like a little uh, drill gun and he'd be like you know, drilling holes in the barrel, sticking a straw through it. Yeah, your product be done. He'd, he'd be laying on the floor. Signing the sexual harassment form first day. Yeah, that's in my contract. It'll happen. <laughs> okay, boys, what an episode! Uh, so we one to remember. And uh, if you haven't listened to our other seventy-eight episodes, go to bluelinehockeyclub.com or any popular podcast platform you can find them all out there check us out on facebook instagram twitter uh, just about every social media platform YouTube. and don't for, don't forget to go to youtube we have our our show um, on video now so if you want to watch instead of just the audio you can get the video of the show on youtube our youtube channel i don't know if there's a specific one but just uh just google just yeah you see search. how much Derek drinks yeah <laughs> Search us on YouTube. It's uh, kind of a fun experience. If you if you like our show, you get to see our ugly mugs uh, for about an hour. So check us out on YouTube. All right, boys. Another nasty, nasty interview, boys. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice. See ya. Winner.